go, I'll follow where you lead. Your hand I trust completely. You can lead me where you lead, I'll go. This is Alicia Wellington. Follow me. My text is taken from Matthew 9 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. If you were to look up the definition of the word follow, you would find several meanings, including to copy after or imitate. To move behind someone or something and go where he, she, or it goes. And in the strong concordance, the Greek word also means to accompany and assist. In the verse which I read earlier, Jesus told Matthew to follow him. And immediately, Matthew left all, arose, and began to move behind Jesus, going everywhere he went. But I believe that Jesus didn't want Matthew to be his shadow or traveling partner only. He was about to expose him to an alternative way of living. He was going to copy after or imitate the life of Christ. First, follow me in loving all men. After he called Matthew, Jesus went to Matthew's house for dinner. Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him. And his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? Jesus responded that he came for those who needed a physician. Jesus was demonstrating that he was not a respecter of persons, that all men, including tax collectors and sinners, were welcomed at his table and in his presence. I wondered why they were so drawn to him. Is it because they saw him reaching out to the ordinary person, fishermen, cusbuds, Peter, and the societal rejects, tax collectors? Jesus displayed a different attitude to the Pharisees who scoffed at tax collectors and treated sinners with disdain. God is no respecter of person. But how are we doing in that category? Are we following Jesus in loving all men, or are we a bit like the Pharisees? James 2, 1-4, the Bible admonishes us not to show favoritism. It says, suppose a man comes into a meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes come in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here is a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet? Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Verse 8, But if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourselves, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Second, follow me as I take time to meet the needs of others. Verse 18 of Matthew 9. While he was still saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come, 
and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that very moment. I imagine that Jesus was chilling with his friends, getting to know them a little bit better, when the ruler came and crashed the party. He left what he was doing and abandoned his rest to attend to the need of the ruler. While Jesus was on his way, the woman with an issue of blood reached out and touched him. He stopped and spoke to her and reassured her that she had received what she desired. In that simple act, he affirmed her and demonstrated her importance as an individual. I often think of myself in this scenario. I am very task-oriented, so I could have easily missed that woman altogether. So focused I would have been on getting to the ruler's house on time to save his daughter. Not so, Jesus. This woman's need placed a demand on, his, on him physically and on his time. And we will do well to imitate his example to make time in our busy schedules and extend ourselves to meet others' needs. Third, follow me in my walk of humility. After raising the ruler's daughter, he healed two blind men. This time they were invited into his place of residence. He conversed with them, addressed their faith, and laid his hands on them and healed them. An interesting thing happened in this account. Jesus asked them not to publish his name abroad. In imitating Jesus, we also need to follow his pattern of humility. A significant miracle had taken place, yet Jesus did not seek to draw attention to himself. I think that in modern times, there would have been advertisements. Come and receive your miracle from the faith healer. But not so with Jesus. I believe that he was demonstrating to Matthew these two scriptures, James 4, 6. He gives grace generously, as the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And 4, 10, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. And fourth, follow me in demonstrating the power of God. There was yet one more miracle that Jesus did that day. He delivered a man possessed by demons and healed his dumbness. All told, there were four different types of miracles performed that day. Later on in Matthew 10.1, Jesus called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. According to verse 8 of Matthew 10, his instructions were heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, 
Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. Jesus has also given us that same power and authority. In fact, he says in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Follow me. I bless you and do have a wonderful day.